excited. I'm always excited to preach. Um, I'm in a new series right now called The Authentic Church. How many of you know it's pretty important for you to be authentic, me and you to be authentic? We owe it to God. We owe it to the world. We owe it to the gospel to be authentic. Have you seen the, the kind of the hot topic on the news right now? It's not my heart to slam on anyone, but I can tell you the problem with this situation with Rachel Dolezal. Have you seen, I mean, it's on the front page of the newspaper this morning where she has what appears to be two Caucasian parents, and it sounds like she has tried to make herself African-American. I don't understand all that, but this is where it gets really strange is that they interviewed her and they asked her, are you African-American? And she said, I don't understand that question. Well, the problem with that is that people can see through the lack of the of authenticity, and that really, really bothers people. So it's important that me and you, the church, is authentic, and, and that's why we've taken this series through this summer to talk to you about the authentic church. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. We're going to dive into the Word this morning. I want to talk to you about from the inside out, from the inside out. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time. I pray you touch every life here in just a beautiful fashion. Just anoint this time. Speak to us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. if you got your Bible, turn to it. 3 John 1, 2. 3 John 1, 2 is going to be behind me. I want to really camp out on two scriptures this morning uh, when, it, when I'm approaching the subject from the inside out. Uh, I want to read the scripture. We're going to dive into it. Here we go. Beloved, tell your neighbor right now, beloved, Beloved. talking to you. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Doesn't that sound pretty positive so far? Prosper in all things, be in health. Look, look, just as your soul prospers. The guy who wrote this at the time that he wrote this probably could have been the oldest Christian alive on the face of the earth. John, the disciple John. I want to share three notes with you out of this particular scripture this morning. You know, our goal is to become like Jesus, and the way that we do that is by the renewing of our mind. So I'm going to teach a little bit, maybe preach a little bit, and hopefully pray for some in here this morning. The first thing I want you to be aware of is that the Bible makes it very clear that God desires us to, look, prosper in all things. Do you read that with me? Are we reading the same Bible? Say it with me. Prosper in all things. If you have a mindset that you don't believe that, sometimes we can get kind of religious and kind of of strange in our thinking, but the Bible says very clearly, God desires you to prosper in all things. And and the Bible says, what is that? What is that prosper in all things? The word prosper, the the, the Greek there is euodo. We're going to go with that. We're going to go with eudo, eudo, something like that. Amen. And listen to what it means to help on the road. To succeed in reaching, to succeed in business and affairs, to have a prosperous journey. I looked up the the word, that Greek word is actually a compound word. That means that there's two Greek words that make up that one word. And I go, man, what is those two? What exactly does this word mean? And it means this. It means the first compound word at the beginning of that yuo is good. 
And the second of that word is road, a good road. How many of you like to ride on a good road? How many of you have been on some jacked up roads before? You're like, dude, I don't like to get on a jacked up road on my Harley, man. I want good paving, no gravel, no little leftovers from the winter. I want a good road. How many of you like a good road? Come on. How many of you been in Mexico or Honduras and some of the roads are not that good? Big chug holes and you're like, wow, this is not a good road. How many of you would like to have a good road in your marriage? How many of you want to have a good road in your parenting? How many of you want to have a good road in your ministry? How many of you want to have a good road in your business? How many of you want to have a good road in your health? How many of you want to just have a good road? Come on, go with me, church. This is what the Bible says. God desires you to have a good road. Come on, high five your neighbor and say, good road. He's coming to fill chug holes today. Man, new paving on your road. Come to put a, put a new surface on your road. He desires you to have a good road. It's black and white. That's what the Bible says. So look at this. Listen to this scripture. Psalm 35, 27. You can write that, that address down. I want to read it. It's not behind me. I don't want you cheating on all, you know, the whole Sunday morning. Just listen to this. Let this sink in. For those that doubt that God is good, he loves you, and he wants you to have a good road, he says this, let them shout for joy and be glad, who favor my righteous cause, and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, now listen, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He takes pleasure in you having a good road. High five your neighbor and say, good road. <laughs> note number two. Note, note number two. And be in health. And be in health. What, what does that word mean in the, in the Greek? You're, you're going to know as soon as I say this, the English word that we get out of the Greek word. The Greek word is hygienio. Yes, what word does that remind you of? Hygiene. <laughs> Brother's got good hygiene. <laughs> you come to the kids' camp tomorrow. Just walk, just walk in here tomorrow about 2 o'clock at kids' camp. You're going to find out that we might have some problems with hygiene. Go to a junior high camp. If you're, hey, hey, if you're a junior high, I absolutely love you, man. I totally love you. But junior high be smelling, man. That's all. Woo! Junior high. You're just at junior high camp. Wow. That word means sound health, to be uncorrupt, to be in health. Healthy in our bodies, come on, this is what God wants for you, to be well, to be whole and health and sound and safe. If you're sick and diseased or dead, you won't be as effective as God wants you to be. If you're sick, diseased, or dead, you won't be as effective. Now, I know you can do many things. Uh, Clark and Glory was out yesterday at the new campus. 
He's fighting a fight of cancer, right? Been through four treatments of chemo. They come out there with Gatorade and water, right? Just to bless us. But it does affect you, doesn't it, Clark? Fighting this fight. Breathing and moving around and what have you. We're believing for a miracle for it. If you are diseased, sick, and dead, it affects you. I believe with all my heart, God desires us to be in health. Why, J.O.? Because my Bible says so. Listen to this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our inequities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That word healed in that uh, particular Hebrew is rafa. Rafa. Listen to what it means. Rafa. He, he says, he, let me write, and by his stripes we are rafa. Listen to what it means. It means uh, primary to mend, to cure, to uh, heal, to repair by stitching, uh, thoroughly make whole. The Bible desires, God desires that we be whole. I believe that with everything in me, okay? Why does people fight these different things? I'm not sure. A lot of it's mystery. I know that we live in a fallen world, and we're impacted by the fallenness of our world and so forth and so on. But I know that by his stripes, we are healed. He is Jehovah Rapha. Are you with me today? Jehovah, that's one of his names. Jehovah Rapha. He is a Lord God who heals us. Today, after the 1130 service, we have Body by Design. If you're a guest or you come all the way from Montana, you wouldn't know this, but Body by Design, you're going to hear from three doctors today. You're going to hear from other specialists. Why? To help you along the way so that you can have, look, look, look a good road to help you. They're going to talk about uh, the mindset of having good health. They're going to talk about uh, things like nutrition. Exercise. Matter of fact, we're going to all exercise together for a little while, okay? Uh, they're going to talk about the spinal, the nerve endings, and so forth and so on. It's going to be a really rich time. Matter of fact, uh, I think everybody's going to get a really good, healthy, uh, kind of like a, what is it? A smoothie, right? So that, why? We're going to have a good time, body by design. They will absolutely download in you. I have learned so much from particular people out of this team that you're going to hear from today. If you come back after 11, probably around 1, 130, you your life will be changed from the information that you can draw from them that's going to impact your life. It has impacted my life in a huge way. And I just say that today because God wants us to be whole. How many of you know that there are mirrors everywhere? Mirrors. You be in the gym, you're like, hey, I be looking at myself while I work out. Look, look, I be in there. It takes a long time for me to fix my hair. I just fix my hair in the mirror right there and put all my makeup in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? There's a mirror. You walk by a car and there's a mirror, man. All of a sudden, you walk by a, a shopping center and it's a two-way mirror. There's a mirror. Everyone say mirrors. There's mirrors everywhere for you to see this. But God wants a mirror of our inside. And note number three, I want you to see this note number three today. Just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. Soul is a huge word. Today I'm going to define it as a mind, will, and emotions. I've said that before. I preached on this about a year ago. I get an email. Well, I thought it was the spirit. Well, it, it can be the spirit. It's, it's a huge uh, it's a huge term when it comes to the soul. It can 
encapsulate the spirit of a man also. It's according to what word that you're looking at it. But today, we're going to define soul as the mind, the will, the emotions in that type of order, okay? I've offended people by saying this before, so I think I'm going to say it again today. The will, I'm sorry, I mean, I'm just going to offend people at times, and it just happens. The, the soul is kind of like a schizophrenic chimpanzee. In the very beginning, when you were made, when God made man, we were led by the Spirit, Okay, we were con- the spirit of man was connected with the spirit of God, and we were in perfect communion with God. And then all of a sudden, sin entered in, and the spirit that once led us, now it gets all jacked up. And, and now our soul is trying to lose. What do you mean by soul? I'm talking about your emotions. A soul can look a little bit like this. You know, one moment you're like, <laughs> and the next moment you're like, yeah, Seattle's on the And then all of a sudden, instead of handing it off to the, to the fullback or, or the running back, they try to throw it in, and there's an interception, and you're like, ah, I'm going to kill the coach! Coach! Right? So I say that because you're dealing with your soul. That's why I'm a Steeler fan. I'm a Steeler fan because they're just like solid. You know what I'm saying? The Iron Curtain. They would never throw a ball on the four-yard line, baby. Give it to the boss. Give it to somebody. See, I got you. See, y'all, I, I told you all about the soul. See, you all worked up in your soul right now. Okay. So you got a good feel of what the soul is, right? All right. So... The Bible says that he desires us to be whole in our soul, that we prosper in our soul. That word prosper in your soul is exactly the same word, that on the inside you would have a good road. Jesus come to heal the brokenhearted. He wants you to have a good road in your heart. He wants Seattle's Seahawks fans to have a good road in their emotions, right? All of us. He wants you to have a good road in your feelings. He wants you not to, to be any longer to be... Led by the soul, man. He wants you to be led by the Spirit to get that back in order. Listen to what David says. Uh, He says says this in Psalms 103. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Listen, listen. And all that is within me. Okay? There's a song that I love. It's an old school song. It goes something like this. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, they has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Amen? Okay. Uh, With our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, God wants you to prosper in that. If we're going to be an authentic church, listen to me, that means that me and you are going to be authentic, right? And how are we going to be authentic? How are you going to be leather and not pleather? 
How are you going to be a real diamond, not a Z? All those different things. Who wants to be genuine? You with me today? Okay, so how are we going to be real? How's the church going to be real? I think that it begins by God healing us from the inside out. God wants to heal you on the inside, the, the wounded soul, the brokenhearted. He, he wants to heal us. Why? Where does the fake come from, that, which is the opposite of authentic? Where does that come from? Where does the hip, hypocrisy come from? Putting on the, the mask all comes from those who are being wounded on the, or who has been wounded on the inside. God wants you to be whole. Here's some of the things that I want you to listen to this list, and, and if you can relate to it, I want you to raise your hand in a few minutes if you can relate to this list. If this list has affected you or impacted your life, listen to this. Saints that I believe are hurting, they, they a lot of times hurt from one of these, uh, a death in the family, a tragedy, uh, premature death. That, that happened to me. My mom and dad was killed when I was eight, and then my sister at 17. Uh, it really impacted me in a huge way inside anxiety, panic attack. I'm not talking about butterflies before you preach. I'm talking about panic that almost handicapped my life. See, God has healed me on the inside. And then things like suicide, PTS, neglect, abandonment issues, motherless, fatherless, divorce, uh, things like addiction, rejection, Rejection is very, very painful. Abuse. How many of y'all have dealt with one of those in your life? Just raise your hand. Just. So that's, that's a great majority. I mean, an overwhelming majority. I'm talking about probably 85, 90% of everyone in this room right now. I will say this today, that it is well with my soul, period. It is well with my soul, and yet he is making me well. J-O, are you well or are you not? Yes. I am well, and he is making me well. How do you know that you're not totally well? Well, one way is I cry in no-cry zones. What do you mean by no-cry zones? I'll tell you exactly what I mean. You'd be watching Schindler's List, and there's cry zones in these movies. There's absolutely cry zones where it's okay to cry. Everyone else is crying, and it's the cry zone. Like Marley and me. Like Pursuit of Happiness when they're in the bathroom. Father of the Bride. These all have very clear cry zones. But there are times when you're not supposed to cry. I was in the gym this week on Thursday, working out like a madman. And all of a sudden, Pandora, music in my little ears. The song comes on, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh, oh my soul, worship his holy name, sing like never before. And I start crying. The gym is absolutely a no-cry zone. I'm 50 years old. 
I've been in the gym for years. You ain't supposed to cry in the gym, man. I'm in front of the mirror trying to do my 12-minute, uh, what's it called? That thing that you torment your body with. Burst training. Burst training, man. I'm like sweating. But then the sweat is not just all sweat. I got a huge tear coming right here. And I'm trying to play it off like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's sweat right there, right there. That's sweat right there. That's a no-cry zone. There are other no-cry zones. You ain't supposed to cry when you watch a Gatorade commercial. Right? I think I cried in this last Gatorade commercial. If it has something to do with a father and a son or a mother and a child or a dead dog or some, you know, overcoming, you know, Rudy, this brother right here is crying. And a lot of times it's in the no cry zone. And my kids, they know it. My kids will be like, they can feel, you can feel the atmosphere. It could be in the movies or our house or during a commercial. And all of a sudden, all the eyeballs are on daddy because, see, I don't cry like this. I don't go, no, 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 no. Some, I just erupt. It's just like, where'd that come from? I didn't want that to happen. This is a no cry zone. And my kids will be like, <laughs> kind of like, wait for it. <laughs> and I can feel their hoot owl eyes on me and I'm like I'm not supposed to cry right now but it's coming <laughs> just the other day we were in a movie and I don't even want to tell you because the movie was so corny me and my wife and Radine looks at me she's like you ain't crying are you <laughs> seriously this thing was so jacked up corny and I was crying in a complete no cry zone. That tells me that I'm healed and God is healing me. And you'd be like, well, man, our pastor, he'd just be crying, you know. Well, there's some of you right now that you don't cry. I cry in the no cry zones and you don't never cry. And we both need healing because everybody should cry during that part. And you're like, Right? So God wants to heal us from the inside out. He wants to heal our soul. He wants you to prosper in your soul. I was talking to every, every month we, the pastors meet at some church, and we eat lunch together and pray together and so forth and so on. And I could not, I could not believe that Pastor Paul Van Noy said this. We're talking about the no-cry zone. And, and he brought up two words, or maybe three words. Four words. And I just lost it when he said, he says, the will of fortune. I was like, dude, you did not cry in the will of fortune. <laughs> you, you can't cry. That is completely no cry zone. He's like, yeah, yeah, my kids were looking at me. And the guy lost all of his money, and I started crying. I'm like, Pastor Paul, that is absolutely a no cry. You don't cry in the will of fortune and jeopardy and shows like that. I said, can I tell that story, Pastor Paul? He said, sure. <laughs> Pastor Paul, now it's on the radio. <laughs> I love you, man. I want to share with this second verse in closing. We see that God wants you to have a good road 
in all areas of your life. Do you agree with me? I'm here to convince you today. Do you agree with me? Listen, you can't tear out that Bible. You can't tell out, tear out that. You can't tear out that verse. God desires you to have a good road in all areas, in health, and even on the inside. And how do I know that you're going to get to where God wants you to get? I want to show you right now. If you look at Philippians 1.6, Philippians 1.6, this is a powerful, powerful scripture. It's going to be behind me. I think that you should get it in your Bible, on your iPad, iPhone. I think you should highlight it, whatever you need to do. Memorize it, hide it in your heart. It says this, being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Number one, being confident. Are you confident today that he who has begun a work in you, that he's going to see it to the end? Are you confident? Are, that word means convinced. Are you convinced. I'm here today as your pastor to tell you, be convinced. I'm here to hopefully put confidence in you that he who began the work inside of you, he's going to see it to the end in your life. This specific, this specific scripture is written by Paul to the church of Philippi, and guess where Paul is? Can, can everybody say prison? He's in prison. Paul, the apostle Paul, is setting up in prison, in chains. He's sitting there uh, riding this, this ladder to the church of Philippi. If there's anyone that should not be confident, if there's anyone that should not be convinced, it should be this guy, apostle Paul. But he said this, he says, man, I am convinced. I am confident. Are you confident today? Are you convinced that God, who begun a good work in you, he's going to get it to the end? Because I'm here to tell you, you should be confident. Because look at he is the alpha. He is the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the L-M-N-O-P. He's everything in between. He's going to get you to the end. You can be confident in that today. You can be convinced that he's going to see it. Why are you so confident in that, J.O.? Number two. Because he began it. <laughs> you didn't start it. You wasn't all cute and began this relationship with, I found Jesus. You didn't find Jesus. You didn't find Jesus. I led him to the Lord. No, you did not. I know we use that term. You didn't lead nobody to the Lord. Jesus led them to Jesus. He led him to the Lord. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He wonderfully created you in your mother's womb. You're here today. If you're a guest or you're a non-believer, I want to let you know you think you're here because someone invited you. That ain't true. Oh, they invited you. God used you. But I'm going to let you know right now, you're here on purpose. You're here this very day. God has assigned this. He is a huge God. He is a big God. And because he began it and you didn't begin it, he began it, you didn't begin it. He is the alpha. He's the one that pulled the trigger. He's the one that brought out the green flag. He started this whole thing. You can be confident because, listen, because he began it. 
If you began it, we got a problem, Houston. But because you didn't begin it, you can be confident today. You can say, J.L., you don't know I'm still struggling with addiction. You can be confident today. J.L., you don't know my marriage. You can be confident today. J.L., I'm still being sabotaged with anxiety and worry and panic. You can be confident today that he who began it. High five your neighbor right there and say, he began it. Number three. What did he begin? Well, J.L., he just began. I guess I'm supposed to be just a beat down, suffering all my life, jacked up, good for nothing, hurting. Man, get that monkey off your back. Get that religious little monkey off your back. Get that fox out of your vine today. Listen to me right now. He began a good work. Say that with me, good work. I think I'm a little more excited about this than you, and I want you to get on board with me today that he, is, he started a good work in you. Listen to this scripture. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in it. Listen to this word on workmanship. What is that word right there? Oh, it's a good word. Listen to this Greek word. Poema, where we get the word poem. See, he started writing your poem. He's the author of your poem. His poem for you is great things. His poem for you is good works. Man, you're his, listen, listen, listen. You're his masterpiece. He has started a poem of your life. You didn't even start writing the poem. He's the one that wrote the poem. You remember David? Listen, where was David at? David is all out taking care of sheep. Samuel shows up. Jesse, bring your boys out. Oh, it must be Eliab. He's a good looking. He's the oldest. And God says, hey, 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 you look at this, but I look at this. He goes through the boys. It's none of the, hey, do you got another son? Yeah, he out there, you know, watching them. She, oh, stinking little shepherd. Yeah, go get him. And he brings David out. Yes, sir. He anoints as a king. Did David begin that thing? No. God began that thing. He anointed him. He became a giant slayer. He began, he tried to write his own poem one time, checking Bathsheba out. Oh, peepster. Is a peepster a word? He, he almost jacked up his point. Murder, adultery. Come on, man. This is some heavy stuff. He had some serious parenting, not good parenting skills. He had children killing each all kinds of stuff, man. The brother wasn't all there with parenting and being a father, and being a husband, but yet, God chose him. Yet, God began it. He says, David, you might be jacking up my poem, but I'm not finished with you yet. 
And if you was to read Psalm 51, have mercy on me, oh God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgression and wash away all my inequity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know that your energy, he just keeps he keeps singing. He keeps writing that. That whole psalm is about after he had this really huge fall with Bathsheba. And he says this in verse 6. I think it's going to be up here. If you'll just look, look at verse 6 in Psalm 51. Oh, it's beautiful. Look what he says. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. And in the inward part, you make me to know wisdom. Where? Inward parts. <laughs> Where? Inward and hidden parts. Why truth? Truth, that word truth means stability, certainty. You see, you get truth not just in here. You get truth in here. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Not just between your ears, right here. Right? You with me? Almost done. Being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work, we're at? In you. Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. In you. Just, just touch your neighbor and say, in you. See, 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 see. You got you to gotta bring this home today. See, 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 this won't do you any good unless you mix it with faith today. Right. That, 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 that ball-headed pastor, that a little, a little bit like a biker pastor, he's talking to you. And beyond me talking to you, the Holy Spirit's talking to you, that you can be confident. You can be convinced that he who begun a good work in you, inside of you. And look at the last one, number five. He's going to complete it. <laughs> He'll complete the artwork. He's completing the masterpiece. He's going to complete the poem of your life. You probably have jacked up your poem sometime. Maybe not as bad as like David. I don't know. But I want to let you know the creator, the maker, the one who created all the heavens and earth and created man on the sixth day, he's able to complete it in your life. You know why? You may look like this today, but you're going to look different in the future. Because listen to me, because you're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere huh, in the future huh, and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere huh, in the future huh, and you look much better than you do right now. Come on. Let me, let me, let me just Read that scripture over you one more time. Be confident of this very thing. Chris, Don, Gabe, Joey, everybody in the back. That he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Till you see Jesus. However that looks, you can have great confidence today because you didn't begin it. I know you try to jack it up, but he can finish it. 
he'll complete it. Amen? Amen. Why? He says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and was and is to come, the Almighty. Amen? Will you stand to your feet? If you're you're some leaders, I hope I have more here than two. Come on. Maybe you don't want to even have anyone pray for you. But, but, But will you be authentic today? I'm amazed of how it's hard for people to walk 40 feet to be authentic. Maybe you're here today and you need prayer for your marriage. Man, come on. He wants you to have a good road. Maybe it's your health. He wants you to have a good road. Maybe it's your business. He wants you to have a good road. Maybe you're like, J.O., I know that you have confidence and convinced, but I'm not. I want to let you know today that can change because that is the same truth for me as it is for you, as it was for Paul, that he began it. He's going to finish it. If you need prayer today, I just want you to step out right now. Just step out, just be authentic, be real, and just say, hey, man, that's me. Whatever it may be. Maybe you're still stuck in in an addiction. Maybe you're like, you know, struggling like David was. Whatever it may be. Man, prayer moves the hand.